Hi, I'm Sam. About five years ago, my whole world was turned upside down. More on that later, but let's just say in what was supposed to be the happiest time in my life, I felt totally lost. You're listening to or watching my show, where we'll be talking with friends in healthcare, wellness, and holistic healing about real self-care. I'm not talking about pedicures and bubble baths. We're talking true acts of care to maintain our physical and mental health so we can truly live fearlessly and fulfilled. Say it with me. Self-care is my job. Um, This is the Self-Care is My Job YouTube show and podcast. We're back. And I have two really awesome dudes here with me. Uh, Really close friends of mine. And I'm super excited. So super close friend of mine, Michael Billy. He's an energy healer and a multidimensional channel, and we will discuss all of that. And, <laughs> and I have Josh Bell, who is a writer and a brand new, brand new yoga instructor. So congratulations again, Josh, because this is Thank you. Be an amazing ride for you. I'm so excited and so happy for you. Um, so yeah, um, this is going to be a cool conversation because here's my thought process. What does this have to do with self-care, right? So much, so much, because self-care, part of self-care is, in my opinion, cultivating an element of self-trust. And the way that I connect in, you know, as we go further and further into that is actually starting to connect to and listen to your intuition, listen to that voice that's inside of you, the answers that you already have inside of you and trust it. So like, think about how, you know, settled and comforting that feeling could be where you're not, you know, constantly questioning yourself. We do it all the time, right? We still do it, right? But you have to, you know, you then you find the answers that you need and trust that, or just trust that they're coming. So that's what I'd love to talk to you about on the show. But first, I just want to ask these lovely dudes if they could introduce themselves on their own. And how did we get here? Like, why are we, why do we do what we do, right? So Michael, would you kick that off for me? Sure. Um, I'm Michael Billy. And uh, for many years, as long as I can remember, I've always been uh, a spiritual person, always interested in the what is there more of who we are, and where we come from and how we work and why we do the things we do. It's always been that inherent interest in in me and the work I do. Um, I've been in production as a producer and entrepreneur with a, a restaurant or a couple businesses, but all that is, you know, what you do for a living. While I was doing those things for a living, there was always a through line to community building and giving people access to holistic care and quality health care, um, being an advocate for mental illness, and um, really what was going on in, in that work that was consistent through my life is I was just an in the closet spiritual person. Like I didn't know how to come out about the very spiritual things that I was experiencing. Um, and, you know, within the past couple of years, uh, I've been able to come out about those uh, abilities and about those experiences and about what I've been able to accomplish with seeing clients and seeing people and friends one-on-one and in groups. And it's just opened up this huge door for me and window to keep practicing and to to move into this is my new life as, as an energy healer and as a, as a channel. I love that. Yeah. It yeah. really is all about connection. Like you talk, you know what I mean? You talk about community and bringing people together. And it's like so much in line with what you're doing now too. Like actually, whether it's connecting people or just connecting like 
someone more clearly with their higher self, you know, kind of drawing yeah. there. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And Josh? Well, for as long as I can remember, I have been a nerd, um, which actually, which actually factors into it a lot. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I, uh, I always tell the story that I was, I would look out the window and I would always make this wish uh, for the X-Men mansion to just appear in this cornfield back home in South Dakota. And, you know, with that, I went, you know, you wanted to be different. You wanted to have some sort of special abilities. You wanted to be, uh, you wanted to have this group of people that would be behind you. And the older I got, uh, the oddly, the more I got into comic books, you would think as you would like many people grow up and grow out of it. But there was also this, uh, this difference that came with being like a queer kid in the Midwest and trying to find out what that meant and who that, who that was. And so I began to see these little, like the books I would read and things like this, you would get these nuggets of like who you could be and where you were going and you would keep finding them the more you would explore the different books uh both like nonfiction books about being queer in the city or uh comic books that would start talking about spirituality and so the older i got the more i would connect to it and the more i would find um relevant to my life that was away from like the christian upbringing that i that i grew up with uh, that would talk about like the Christ as Christ consciousness versus uh, the idea of Jesus Christ uh, being just a person and things like that. And it just evolves to put me in kind of the position that I was to be open to these kind of spiritual concepts across most, uh, I would say most religions at this point and find the nuggets that work and, you know, bring in what does and leave behind what doesn't, which is what led me to yoga actually uh, in a weird way. Uh, one of my friends who is also very spiritual uh, asked me if I was interested in yoga teacher training after taking like one class with her. And I was like, you know, at first I was very much, no, I don't want to do this, like uh, a yoga. And then I was like, oh, I'm just getting in my own way here. And so I decided to do it and talking about uh, intuition, like it's that first, that first thought of, okay, well, my ego is getting in the way, like, oh, don't do that. You can't do this. And then like six weeks later, literally six weeks later, I put in over 200 hours in this course and now I'm a yoga instructor. So like following your intuition really, really is yeah. what I've tried to do with these little nuggets of things and is what led me to eventually be seating, seated to here with Michael and talking to you about intuition. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, you, you, it's so true, right? Like we get in our own way so often it is the ego that comes in the ego who gives a shit about what everyone thinks and it gives a shit about failing and whatever else right mm -hmm. so it's that that among other things i think is what blocks the what that voice inside that's telling us what we really want what we've always really really wanted and so if you get connected with that in a more serious way you know I think it's less often that you get blocked by that ego, but it does, or, or not even, maybe maybe just that you notice it more, right? And, you know, so in other words, like you said, in a short period of time where it could be for someone else, it could be years and years and years before they're actually prepared to say, you know what? Like, I really did want that. Like, why didn't I go after it? Or like, yes, what the hell yeah. is holding me back? And you guys also both touched on something as, you know, I love like this, again, the synchronicity of the idea of coming out, right? Which this is like, it's it's, yeah. it's it's such a good point to bring up, whether you're coming out as queer, gay, trans, whatever it is, or whether you're coming out, I think, now granted, I don't know what it's like to come out as gay, 
but I'm not going to pretend that I do. But, but at the same time, I mean, you know, maybe I do. But um, it depends. Michael's known me a long time, actually. <laughs> quite a bit. So um, she was fun in college. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. I'm just a mom now. I mean, there's nothing I could do about it. So, um, but the point being, like, it really is like a coming out because it does feel that way. It feels as if the um, there's a shift and suddenly you are, you know, I think it's different for everybody. There was a little, from my experience, it was a little bit of like, I am just fucking tired of all the contorting. I'm tired of all the contorting. I'm tired of following the rules. I'm tired of, of, of dulling myself, my too muchness, right? That I keep talking about lately. You know, like, again, Michael's long, loaned me a long time. It doesn't matter, Josh knows too. I like talk. <laughs> And I'm loud and I could be obnoxious and I'm in your face sometimes and I'm totally blunt um, with, you know, but you know, I, you know, I try not to be, of course, you know, ever, ever insulting or, or too obnoxious to, to a fault, but there is an amount of, and I know a lot of people struggle with this where it's like, okay, you're just like too much, you know? And right. I think that I hit a little bit of a point at, uh, at a certain point where it was just like, I am just tired of, of dulling myself. So when you, so, you know, and, and so there's that element of coming out with as, as your true self and whether it's slowly over time or whether it's this, you know, kind of a wall you hit, I'm a Virgo. So I hit walls. Like, I'm just like, you know, I'll tolerate for a long time. And then I just hit a wall and it's like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's that, I mean, it is, it's like this, this, this shift that happens and you're kind of like, I am not, uh, I'm, I'm ready to pay attention to that voice. Like, does that resonate with either of you? I of course, you know, it's, it's making the adjustment of like, when you, when you understand the voice of intuition, do you point towards your head or do you point towards your heart? You know, do we do we really do we give the brain idea, the idea of who ourselves are as self, right? To the heart chakra. Do we give the feeling, the uh, attraction? You know, when, when you meet the love of your life, you know, it's not the thought in your head; it's the feeling that you have. When you have children, it's the feeling that you have. When you embrace your parent, or when you lose someone, it's the feeling that you have. It's the most brilliant organism you have, the most powerful energy that you have, and yet we still tend to gesture to our head when it comes to who we are and our intuition and our thoughts. It just doesn't make sense when we know our thoughts are based often on our fears and our fears are from our experiences in life. So yes, if you're approaching something that is exciting like yoga, your thought may say, oh, I don't want to be a fucking yoga instructor i'm gonna walk around with a goddamn yoga thing i'm gonna walk I'm around yogi with now, yoga thing, yoga thing, yoga 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 yoga. and all these all these different societal <laughs> concepts and boxes that now you've put on being a spiritualist that you've put on saying the word god or saying spiritual in general all these little spiritual concepts that those are thoughts that are coming in fears of how people are going to judge me fear of telling my, you know, telling your coming out about this, you know, versus the feeling that you have when you approach the subject. I, you feel like I've always been connected to this. I've always known there's something more. 
I always wanted to understand that there's something beyond a three-dimensional reality. What you're describing in, in who you are as a person is your multi-dimensionality, mm. your frustration with just living in the 3D world, mm. you know? And you being a mom is, 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 is one of those beautiful natural things that tears you out of that 3D that suggests and beats you over the head with, there's absolutely something more. That's what, you know, wow. there's, that's what trauma does. And, you know, people who have been through trauma and, yeah. and, you know, heartache, that's what, it just beats you over the head. It's not just what you're experiencing in the 3D. There's right. something so much more working. And that's where that synchronicity comes from. Yeah. See, I love that. I remember being like one of the coaches that I worked with, she was like so big on sort of manifesting and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, like, right. Like next, that's sort of like next level of, like, okay, so once we, once we really start to listen to the answers we've always had, you know, that feeling, what you're drawn to, what you're called to, your true essence that's kind of guiding you versus the thoughts swirling up here, right. it's like, it's really the only way that you can actually create what you want in your life based on your own standards and your own needs Otherwise, you're just piecing things together based on all those thoughts whirling or keeping things away. But you also said something else. Um, yeah, you were talking about, you know, kind of more more being more aligned with the heart as opposed to the head. And I rem I just wrote something a couple of weeks ago that was the same concept. It was like, whatever happened to like follow your heart, you know, like it wasn't just for the fairy tales. Like, and I, I'm yeah. like, well, yeah. you know, like. Well, that's a it's generational not, not thing. That's a generational thing of like, think your way through it. Make yeah. sure you think about this. You know, yeah. don't do this, but you make sure you put out your pros and cons and make your lists and make your this and make your that. Well, yeah. it's fear. It's all fear-based. One of the things, uh, one of the things that Michael and I were reading was uh, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And uh, it's a brilliant book, Sam, if you haven't read it, but it really discusses the heart as a brain. Like, and that's what it comes down to. And it talks a lot about like equalizing your heart energy uh, as kind of a starter point to everything. Like your, your heart is going to lead you in the right direction. And uh, you shouldn't necessarily take those fears as necessarily just fears either, because they are leading you forward. Like if you're afraid of something, what are you actually afraid of? Are you afraid of what people are thinking? Okay. If you're afraid of what people are thinking, well, you shouldn't do that in the first place, but you, you, you know that like you're, you're learning from your fears, which I think is incredibly important. So your head and your heart can work in conjunction, um, conjunction with each other to move forward and to help you lead you to that intuition. Um, and lead you forward to manifest as well. But the important thing about manifestation is like people tend to begin with, uh, you know, okay, so if I do it this way and I can do it, then I can manifest my future. And, and, and then I, okay, now I have the tools without, without acknowledging that you have been that person and have had that energy and that power your entire life. But the, the, cap, the, the, the issue people have with that is if you acknowledge that you are the, the great God, the manifester that you are, um, it takes away your victimhood of life. This is what's happened to me. Like, this is what's happened to me. My, I was victimized or I grew up this way. And you, the, the way a person looks at their life, instead of looking at it, what's happened to me, everything has happened for me. And that judging the experience my parents were abusive my this was that and not taking away from the severity of those traumas but 
an acknowledgement of all of those things were a gift to you to be exactly where you are now. And that's the, that's the hurdle for people to get over in their lives because we love so much our pain and we love so much being this, uh, having that identity as something's done to me or happened to me. You know, it's always that person at the end of the bar that we've all known, you know, that loves to share their, you know, stories about, ah, yeah, I got one for you too. Mm. And there's a place. The wanting up, yeah. Yeah, and there's a space to, to you know, shoot the shit and, just, you know, tell shitty stories about your life. Sure there is. <laughs> but when it takes over your identity, you release the power that you have on what happens next in your life. Completely. Yeah. It's the idea of, like you said, you know, remaining the victim or, um, you know, just not being willing to take completely complete control over your own life and your own actions. And not that that sound, you know, not again, it is hard. I think that that is a very, it's an intense hurdle to get over. It's even, you know, it could seem so simple, right? Oh, you're in complete control, but you don't feel in complete control if you are giving that much power to everything else around you, all the external right. factors. Um, but, uh, and Josh, did you have something to say? Well, I was gonna say like letting go and having that detachment, which is uh, something that when you study, like I know you know this from like studying the yoga sutras, it's such a huge thing, like detachment and letting go and not being like, uh, a part of the world. Detachment doesn't mean that you don't feel things. It means that you're very present and you're a lot like, and that's part of that, like letting go of that victim mentality, which is tough. Like uh, it's like even letting go of like old identities. Like Michael and I uh, became really good friends because of my own alcoholism and um, him dealing with it. So like letting go of that identity was something that was, you know, tough for me, but at the same time, like it was much easier for me than other people, which, I can tell based on other people having deal with uh, an addiction like this, how hard it can be versus how easy it was for me. Um, and that letting go process is tough, like of anything, letting go of being a victim um, of abuse, being a victim um, of like your own past, it's tough. And that's what I like the detachment is what I think people have. Because you become identified with it. Yeah. You know, again, we have- it's part of your personality, especially if there's nothing to great. talk about it. Totally. And it does a great job of what a victim looks like. You know, you buy a big sweater, you get a big coffee cup and you sit in front of your window and you stare outside the, like the rain. Don't forget the rain. The rain. <laughs> and it, we, we've, and I've been, I have been there. We've all yeah. been there. We, you know, like when, I, when yeah. we feel bad, we know what to do. We know to curl up underneath the cover. And do, we know because, because culture tells us what to yes, do. We feel yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. get that ice cream I mean, because you just go buy more shit. <laughs> so there you know or you know like or or reach out so that's that's actually a great segue because it's like you know you know we're we're kind of conditioned to reach outward when we feel lost and we feel like we've been wronged and we were, we're we don't have control of our own lives and this is all happening to me and that whole mentality you feel totally out of control with what's going on here so you're reaching out for band-aids and something to soothe you constantly. So that's the cycle that is very hard to break because it's also being sold to you, that lifestyle of living that way, reaching out for alcohol or reaching out for more caffeine or for this or, or for retail therapy or for this. Sure, or yeah. Even, even, even within- In addition. 
Yeah, I was going to say, even within the spiritual community, though, it's still there and it's still so present. It's one of the things that uh, one of the hard parts about letting go is actually seeing how bad it is to learn the lessons from it. And we always talk about this on our podcast is this idea of uh, only love and light being like putting that all in the shadows. And it's the same kind of thing, like within, you can see there's so many programs out there that's like, you know, love and light and love and light and love and light. If you join with us, you'll like, we'll help you with this A, B and C when really like, yeah, it's great. It's great to have a community. There's nothing wrong with that, but the work all comes down to you. Um, And it comes down to letting go and detaching and And not having that identity. Yeah. And it's not, and, and it doesn't feel like all love and light when it's happening. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, it's sticky, it's muddy. Well, there's this, there's the identity that turns people off to spiritual podcasts and spiritual so-called leaders as well, which is, you know, well, now that I'm a spiritual leader, I'm going to wear a bunch of beads. And if you don't live my way, then you're not spiritual enough. If you, if you eat meat or eat chicken or you eat this, or you don't do this then you're not spiritual enough. And there's always some place for you to go and you're not the highest. You're not like me. You should be like me. And that's not healthy at all. I mean, if you are listening to somebody that has that, you know, uh, that message about about spirituality, then, you know, I beg you to take a second look at it. (laughs) Right. You know, because there's just we're we're messaging a little bit about this, uh, I think, earlier as far as like yoga, the physical practice, but also the spiritual practice having taken on a little bit, you know, uh, it's obviously shifted over thousands of years. I mean, like it's gonna evolve. So there's, um, there's, but also, you know, with the Western, the Westernization of it and everything. And the idea that you, you do have these, you know, you do have people who have been practicing for God knows how long, and you do have people who are much more dedicated to the the origins of everything and get real get their panties in a bunch when when it's when it when when it's an evolved version of something or whatever Mm -hmm. but uh, you know it's and 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 I totally get it I mean there are certain I mean I think I just um stumbled upon bulldog yoga for example I'm talking shit now um (laughs) I think it was where it's like yoga for the people because it's set to awesome playlists and it's like that's it that's what you got and so that yeah like we're we're outside of the realm now because now you have taken this beautiful practice okay and you have not only put it into a box of this is for fitness only yeah. you have also made it about entertainment while you're at yeah. it yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have taken any kind of philosophical it, it, matter or spiritual stuff out of the equation, just sucked it I, right out. So that to a level I get, and you know, that's I will say they're now in a bunch. The, but, the beauty, the beauty of being a channel, right? Is so you say multi-dimensional channel. And the truth of that is, is that you are communicating with beings that are in a higher dimension. Doesn't mean that they're better. You know, they're, they're, they're equal. They are a higher dimensional being that's here to teach and to, to encourage and to support. And the beauty of that as a channel is to know that healing uh, or th- that doesn't come from you. You are a channel. You are a conduit of energy. It's our human. And when you feel that way, then you, then you're, you're, 
there's an understanding that there's, it's so silly to try to humanize these ancient, older than our acknowledgement of existence of human beings on earth, practices that go beyond our, our own galaxy and our own reality. It is silly for us to put these in boxes and for anyone to, you know, to claim these types of higher echelons of, 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 of teaching, you know, it's just, when you're a channel, you, you are in touch with these beings that it's very clear to you that we can take a step aside and be here to be conduits of energy, to help each other and raise each other up, not to necessarily tell each other, if you don't do it this way, it's not the right way. Right, exactly. And the idea that if you are also, you know, aligned enough mind, body, and soul so that you have that sort of connection to your own intuition, you know, like just bringing it down like a small notch, because for me, from my side, like my response to that is going to be more like, if, as long as I'm okay and I trust myself, I don't have to worry about what you guys are doing. I could, you know, I have, I could have a comment here and there, whatever, but like, I'm not, you know, like if I'm okay with what I'm doing on my end and I know that I have, you know, I, it's deep in my knowing that I have a purpose and something to share with the world, then all I have to do is that that's my purpose here. And I don't have to worry yeah. about what you guys are doing. But this, just a little bit. That is what I would call you as a multidimensional channel. That right. is so I'm trying to bring it, it down and you're like, no, dude, you're a channel. That's <laughs> what it is. So believe it. If to say like, well, what's my intuition? Let's give it another name. Yeah. What intuition is, is that yeah. holy, blessed, beautiful part of you that energy and information just comes out of you that you don't from left field. Mm -hmm. That is your higher self. Your higher self, the reason why we say higher is because it's from a higher dimension, your highest dimensional self. You're receiving natural communication from your highest self. Right. Love and knowing you've met the right person. Your intuition is information coming from your highest self saying, hey, this is yeah. the one, pay attention. This is, totally. this is happening, this is beautiful. So dimensionality and channeling, is it sounds so far from people but we all experience in that way a really a really simple way to lay this down because you, you keep saying you're trying to keep it simple is think of your higher self or your intuition as the angel on your shoulder whereas your ego is the devil on your shoulder and you always have the choice which one you're jumping back and forth to it's like when you put it in that perspective yeah sure i always picture the cartoons with literally the same character on both shoulders just with an angel devil costume and it is it's you on both sides the thing is is that even though your ego your ego is not actually you it's you representing yourself falsely <laughs> whereas the other side is like you once the you you want to be the you you know you are the new that you can continue to be if you you know, listen to yourself instead of listening to the other side. And that's not always to say that the devil isn't screaming in your ear. Um, right. But, you oh. know, you just got to do what they do in the, like, flick right. them off. Like, like, I mean, the there's also something to be, yeah, exactly. Um, there's something to be said too about, you know, it, not that I love the analogy, don't get me wrong. I love the imagery, but <laughs> also like the fact that the, I mean, the ego does serve a purpose in yes, some yes. aspects. 
you know, your business sense, you know, certain things like oh, that, sure. that. It, that it's it not was, the devil. No, no, no. Yeah, right. It's, it's not, not necessarily the devil, yeah. the devil, but you, so no, it's that it's so, you know, we come in, we come to that next, you know, topic of like a separate topic, I should say about balance, right. About knowing like, you know, there's a purpose for these thoughts coming in and you can thank some of that. You can, you know, peacefully thank some of one and then tell them to fuck off, you know, and then continue on with your life. Like you can't, you have control to do this. Um, but you, I mean, Michael mentioned something too about it, you know, speaking of, um, you know, ways to kind of paint a picture of what channeling might feel like. I mean, we've talked before about the idea of doing something creative, whether it's music or oh, whether sure. it's, mm -hmm painting or any kind of art something creative I always taught like as a form of self-care I'm always promoting promoting some you know you know uh cultivating a ha a hobby or a passion or something that you've always again had that feeling been drawn to well doing it like the act of actually doing it when you're you know when you're drawing and your and your palm your your hand is being moved and or you're you're, you're singing or when I'm singing and and it's like you know, after years of getting over trying to sound like Lady Gaga, now <laughs> when it happens, it's all me. It's all me. So if it's all me and that sound never came out of me or anybody else before that moment, then it's like, yeah, I it, it came from where? Where did it come from? It came from, you know, what the ether, the universe, whatever it is, your higher self. And it's like uh, the your past life experiences. Yeah, it could be completely. And, you know, another story, you know, you mentioned, though, when you meet somebody, right? Like, um, for example, my husband, like, what, I mean, Mike was around for that, too. Like, nobody got it. Nobody got why me and my husband got together. Nobody understood that because we're opposites, literally. But what caused me to start start a conversation and then continue, you know, continue, even though we're so different, you know, that feeling of like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta stay on this path, even though literally everybody and everything else is telling me to go the other way. So it's like that well, perfect example of those things that happen. You can't deny it. That you know you what's that ability. What I, what I love thinking about, and one of the reasons why I love spirituality so much is because when I think about those things uh, and I hear other people talking, I start thinking of the multidimensionality that surrounds them as well. Like I think about you being drawn to your husband and then I think of your daughter and your son and like talking about them multidimensionally and having that channeling experience, like talking about your intuition in, in that perspective, it doesn't always have to come from your higher self. There's also these other beings, these other spirits and these things like you that are influencing you for your positive uh, to put you in a certain place and things like that. So there's a real beauty. There's so much beauty when it comes to spirituality, when you think of that, like, and thinking about how uh, the people in your life uh, and the people that affect you uh, have always been affecting you and leading you to where you need to be and helping you guide your intuition. It's really, really beautiful. You're going to get into that with Ayurveda too. <laughs> it's like, bing. Anyway, so, um, so this is what I'm thinking to kind of bring it all back home. Um, now for me, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what could I, you know, tell what would I encourage somebody to do to develop their self-trust and intuition? Uh, one of one of the clients that I worked with recently, I encouraged her to paint because it was something she was always into in the first place and she hadn't done in years and years. And it was very ther therapeutic for her. Also, like kind of became a business like 
honest, you know, I literally like had somebody who wanted to buy the first painting she did. It was like kind of crazy, but it was um, this experience for her to kind of get, to start honoring that feeling. So there's also an element of that, right? Like you're called to something, not only does it um, help to actually listen, but you're developing then that habit of listening, of honoring it if you're called to something. So it's almost like you have to, so, I mean, so in other words, that would be my, you know, sort of recommendation, right? For somebody who wants to cultivate self-trust, it's like start listening, even if it's just that little thing, like a passion or a hobby, something simple that you can spend some time on here and there and let it flow. Or of course, the idea of journaling and starting to get those thoughts out on paper, um, especially if you can sort of let go and, and have it be like this stream of consciousness, just dumping the words out of your brain and seeing what comes out and then really kind of, you know, consider, you know, truly fully considering what is coming out. But would you guys have any, you know, sort of off the cuff recommendations on how you could get more connected with that voice? Yeah, uh, I would say I would kind of just take what you said and roll with it. Uh, find out what you want to do, but what you're afraid to do, and then start doing it anyway. Like, I always think of that Carrie Fisher quote, uh, <laughs> you know, do it like what she said, be afraid, but do it anyway. Um, and I love that. Like, you're, you're allowed to be afraid, um, but your fear leads you just as much as anything else. Like, what is the real reason you're afraid? If it's, if it's because of anybody else, then don't be afraid to do it because there's other people that are doing it that are just as afraid. And, you know, <laughs> not as good as you, like, <laughs> there are also people who are better than you, but that's you. all okay. Yeah, they're yeah. not you. You're gonna have your unique view at whatever you do, if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing it for yourself. Because yeah. it's a part of self-care, <laughs> like making that choice to not be afraid. I love that you said that because sometimes I really do want to, you know, like, it's hard to not acknowledge, especially when I'm dealing with moms and stuff. It's hard to, I always try to make sure I acknowledge how difficult it is to make time for these things, right? So, but what I really wanna say sometimes is exactly what you just said. Like, you know that thing you wanna do? Just fucking do it. Like, stop. <laughs> well, we become so you know, identified like... <laughs> with not being able to do it. I have no time. Right, so when sometimes we go to you work, really can say when I'm older, I come home from work and I feel, uh, you know, these are choices that we make. The work day has ended. You know, it is your choice. And that's tough love of the reality of your life. No, 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 the work day has ended you can let this go and we can work with you to understand the tools to let those things go. It's your choice to come home and blah, 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 and take on this persona of, oh, well, you don't understand. I've got all these things on my mind. They're not happening right now. <laughs> Your family is happening right now. Life right. is happening. Well, right that's right. that. That is that victim brain coming in and, sure. and reminding, you know, so it's like it's, it's it's the idea of first getting over that hump that we talked about and then being able to actually take action. So, to your question, I would say that in most people turn to meditation as their first step in spirituality. And when they turn to meditation, the first thing they focus on is opening up their third eye, which is fantastic. That's great. But I would, in, in meditation, I would say to people uh, that if you're beginning meditation, that while it's an easy uh, choice to focus on opening up your third eye, run yourself through visualizations about your heart chakra and your root chakra and opening up your chakras and doing that work to find balance because 
let's say you do open up your third eye and that is successful. If all your focus is on your third eye, um, then there is still an imbalance and you're still opening up only part of you. And it's easy to get so um, enthralled with and attracted to when something, when you have a breakthrough in a specific part of your spirituality, if it's yoga, if it's your third eye, if it's, you know, even if it's just meditation, but there's always a balance to what you're doing. And it's so important to remain grounded in there because you don't want to lose your humanness, your humanity, your, your shadow, your what makes you who you are here while we're so pressed to leave this earth and be so godly and unworldly and, and third eye and have all these special powers. It's so important to be, you know, have that balance. You know, one of the things I just realized as Michael was talking, was talking about like this idea of opening up, uh, opening up your third eye and uh, letting go, like not letting go of your shadow. But one of the interesting things is like looking at the higher dimensional, uh, the higher dimensional, putting the shadow in the good light though, is that to some extent we as uh, three-dimensional beings as humans in this world are a shadow of our higher selves like and that's not a bad thing like we're we're breaking all of the, like we're learning and we're growing and we're you know doing exactly what he's talking about in terms of meditation we're evening ourselves out and we're finding that balance and we're part of a much larger process uh, that's one of the big tenements of spirituality that I've always pulled away is like as above so below as within so without and everything from the chakras to yoga to everything plays into it. So that kind of concept can really, you know, really helps keeping right. that balance, I guess. Well, yeah. And so in, in sitting in meditation or wherever you are in whatever position you're in, right? The, the, the biggest and most simplest idea is to be still. It's just to have pause, right? First, it's the only way, you know, you know level one, right? The only way that we can even hear that voice inside of us is if we can sit in silence in stillness and stop all, you know, and not stop because I don't like when people are saying, oh, I can't turn my brain off. I can't meditate because I can't turn my brain off. Yeah. That's also, that's why we call it a practice. It's a yoga practice. It's a meditation practice. It's always a practice because you're not perfecting everything. It's not a turn off. It's not a switch. So point being is yes, meditation for that purpose of just stillness so that you can start to notice what's going on in your body. And, you know, like Josh was saying, it's kind of like, you know, going back with the yoga and like the super deep, like spiritual philosophical side of yoga will say that we really are just, we're like, we're each just like one wave rising up out of one larger vast ocean. And so you have, and you have that plus, you know, there's, there's even deeper, deeper stuff with subtle body with, with the chakras even, and starting at your root and, and traveling up of where you, you know, where you originate and where you, you, we've essentially from that root chakra have decided to rise up as a wave out of that vast ocean as a being here, you know, like if you really, if we go into the sutras and it's like, um, you know, so be here. And we, we talk about getting out of our head, you know, get out of your head. We, and we, we hear that all the time, not even with yoga in general, right? Get out of your head. Yeah. Get out of your head and into your body. So, you know, if you, if it's like, we talked about balance, if you're all the way on the other spectrum and you're like, like Michael was saying, you're, you're going straight to opening your third eye, third eye. I'm the most spiritual person, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm there. Well, guess <laughs> what? What about, like you said, what about the rest? 
but are you an, do you feel like an alien now? Because we're also meant to be here now. We're meant yeah. to be here yeah. now. So it's, it's making sure that those two things are happening in conjunction with each other, just like anything else, right? We're trying to balance, but unless we have that silence and that stillness, uh, how can we even notice what is going on internally? How can we even hear the messages that are coming from within us? We really can't. And what we're bombarded with, unfortunately, is a lot of noise and a lot of pressure to produce and create and act as opposed to just be enough as we already are just sitting here, right? Anyway, so that I'm glad, I'm really glad that Michael brought up meditation because I almost forgot about that very important. <laughs> so, okay, so this is great. I love that we've been able to have this conversation because I think, you know, so just bringing it back home, it's like, if we don't talk about connecting with that inner voice, that will connect, that will cultivate your self-trust. When you think about the idea of self-trust and feeling comfortable you know, sort of, you know, drumming it down. It's like feeling comfortable. That's, that's confidence that, you know, that actually will take you to a level of doing whatever the hell you want, manifesting whatever the hell you want. You want to start a business. You want to just spend more time doing X, Y, Z, the thing that you were always called to do, whatever it is, you kind of need the confidence to combat that ego too. So it all, it's like this circle that you kind of have to work on everything in conjunction with each other. Um, so I suppose those are my final thoughts, but I'm wondering if any, if you have any additional little final thoughts before we hop off. Go first, sir. Well, I just, I mean, it's funny that you brought up confidence because I get right and I get back to the shockers again, talking about the solar plexus and like that confidence and things like that. And so talking about like everything being a system, I mean, it is like when you start with the root chakra and you're getting yourself focused, you start working your way up, like with security and with confidence and eventually making it to the heart. And then you you know, from there you learn how to speak your truth and the third eye is right around the corner. So it's like finding that balance will lead you right to where you want to go. Yeah. And that's uh, that journey, right? Headed right, right yeah. to where we're connecting with everything else. Mm -hmm. What comes up for me is a tool that I use um, often where, you know, I'm at this point in my life where, you know, it's been such a break of what I used to do professionally to doing this now professionally and doing this spiritually with my life. So you have this new set of uh, manifestations for your future uh, of where you wanna end up being and who you wanna end up being. So my first exercise is that I understand that I'm already that person, that I'm already, that, that time does not exist, that that person exists already. And I'll speak through the memory of now. So I'll close my eyes and I'll picture myself in that home or space or wherever I am in that you know, manifestation and turn to my left or across the table wherever I am in this situation and speak to my husband or speak to a loved one and tell them the story of, I remember this podcast that I was on with Sam back in the day and we spoke about this very thing and how I would do an exercise about where I wanted to end up in the future. And this is actually where I wanted to end up. This is what I was picturing. So you're, you're creating the now moment as a memory uh, for a manifestation that 
you can relax in because you're accepting in the reality that it's it's there. It's happened already. That this is just like when you met uh, Andrew in the subway, I believe. It was a you Port were <laughs> you were you were you were telling that story yeah. already. You had already been telling that story to for that to happen. And that's what I mean. Like to 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 walk into that reality. That's that's what comes up for me to say. Yeah, it's that's. I mean, you know, like that aligns a lot with just like simple vision work, but like at the, you know, to a, to the nth degree. And I friggin' love that. That's so important. Um, this has been great. Thank okay. you. I feel very <laughs> inspired at this point. I think that we could probably do this again and just talk about the chakras. I think oh, that's yeah. really important too. Ah. Um, because, you know, we touched on that a lot and it's some, you know, in some cases it's a totally foreign subject to someone, but a lot of light bulbs go on once you start learning about subtle body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That could be, that could be fun. And there is something I failed to mention the fact that we're staring at the, or listening to the two hosts of finding Prometheus, which is their own podcast and YouTube show that I have been very intently <laughs> listening to. And if you, so speaking of chakras and subtle body and channeling and energy work and all of it, if you want to be introduced to these subjects, this is your, this is, this is my promo for you. If you want <laughs> to be introduced to these subjects, but in an, in, in an extremely light and funny and pleasurable, you know, way, <laughs> as opposed to having a bunch of you know, new concepts shoved down your throat and not really knowing how to digest it. Totally. Listen to Finding Prometheus because their show is unbelievable and you will laugh and you will feel also inspired and curious. And I love that about it. So please do go Thank check you. that Thank out. Thank you, Sam. Thank oh my God. So yeah, we'll talk soon then. Thank you guys Great. so much. Again, this is Self-Care is My Job and um, much more to come on this end and hopefully we'll have you back as well. Yeah, we'll definitely be back. Hey, thanks for listening or watching. Hopefully you will follow or subscribe. I hope to see you back here. And if you want to find me on Instagram, it's the underscore aligned underscore heart or alignedheart.net.